Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Thanks for joining us again. How you doing, Taylor? Uh, I'm okay. Just I'm, I'm admittedly a little, little heavy-hearted today. Um, you know, there was a, a shooting just a little bit north of here yeah. last night at the mall, and uh, apparently the guy's still at large. Right, that's real comforting. Yeah, but he doesn't have his gun. Oh, they got the gun. They found the gun. Okay, well, at least that's something. Hopefully he left some identifiable prints on it. Yeah. And then I think what's even, maybe not more distressing, but uh, also dis- disappointing is, uh, you know, you go on Twitter trying to find updates on what's going on, and all you get is met with hate speech and people jumping to conclusions about the identity of this person. Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious um, because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a brown-skinned person. Right. And a lot of the eyewitnesses are saying he's Hispanic yeah. of some kind. But I saw a lot of the same stuff. People, like, immediately jumping to conclusions that it's a Middle Easterner. And now this is an act of terrorism. And it's like, yes. And, and blaming the, the, you know, liberal media right. for throwing Hispanics under the bus. And it's like, no, they're relaying information they were given by the police. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's not like people just made shit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's. There's no one in a studio somewhere going, you know what? Let's fuck with the Mexicans for a while. Right. Um. Yeah, it's just it's it's really upsetting and unsettling. Um, I mean, not only just this hatred for people of other races, um, but also the 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 lack. I mean, you know, we try to avoid politics on this show, but just like the utter lack of any kind of gun control of any kind. Yeah. And I know that's a hot hot button issue with a lot of people, um, but I mean, you know, on both sides of the argument. But it's like you know what? While both sides are just bickering at each other, um, saying, "Oh well, you know, they're trying to take away our guns," and it's like, "Oh, well, people shouldn't have guns. There's no use for them." And it's like, meanwhile, people are dying. Yeah, people are getting shot dead in public places while you two, while you fucking factions are bitching at each other. Nothing's getting done. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there are people that want zero gun control. They want, like, basically people to be able to carry their own guns, and then they'll somehow become these heroes that'll stop people like this. It's like, oh, well, if I was at that mall and I had my gun, I would have shot him dead. It's like, and how many people, how many extra people would have been in your crossfire? I mean, you know, the other side of that argument is... If he had walked in with a knife, how many people would he have killed? Maybe one before somebody jumped him and beat the shit out of him? Yeah. Yeah, and you know the argument. It's like, we don't know much about this guy on account of that nobody knows who he is. Yeah. We don't know where he got his gun, which is apparently, you know, the the popular gun among mass shooters nowadays seems to be the AR-15. Yeah. It's, it seems to be that way. Which is not an assault rifle. That's not what he had, though, was it? No, it was like a hunting rifle. Yeah, I was going to say it was like a long rifle. Yeah, um, which was out of uh, out of the the norm of 
shootings nowadays. Um, Which, you know, that is another thing that leads me to believe it's not an act of terrorism, but I'm trying not to jump to conclusions in either direction. So Right. Yeah, it's... You know, like I said, like I said, people don't know who he is, where the gun came from. Maybe it was his. But, you know, this opens up the door for the argument that if people are mon- mentally unstable, um, then they have no, they have no right to have a gun. Yes, because they're a danger to themselves and people around them. And it's like, you know, obviously this guy had mental issues. <laughs> Whether they were diagnosed or not, that's left to be seen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then the argument to that is that, oh, well, people like this will get a gun regardless whether they're legal or not. And it's like, you know, in some cases that might be true. But if you can keep the gun out of one psycho or the hands of one psycho, then it's worth it. Yeah. Because how, how many, many lives does that save? Exactly. It's exponential. You take a you take one gun away from one psycho and the lives that can be saved are massive. Yeah. I mean, there'd be you know the the the, the shooter in the, in uh, Aurora a couple of years ago. Um in the theater. He killed what 12 people? Uh something like that. 12 to 14 somewhere in that range. If he would have not had access to a gun, there would have been 12 people living right now. Yeah. Same guy, uh, that that kid up at um, the high school near here, uh, you know, an, another high school a little north of here, uh, last year? I think so, or the year before. Killed a group of his, his own friends. Yeah. Got the gun from his felon father, who shouldn't have had the gun to begin with. <laughs> and because there are no regulations in place to control that kind of shit... It's like, it's fine to say, oh, well, felons aren't allowed to have guns. Then it's like, who's stopping them from having them? If this guy went into a gun shop and bought his gun legally, then where, where are these checks and balances in place? You know, this guy was a convicted felon, and he's, he's legally not allowed to own a gun, but he went into a legitimate gun shop and bought one. Oh, he had, like, receipts and stuff, but he went and purchased it legally? Yeah. Wow. And it's just absurd. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there listening, thinking that, you know, all well, these liberal fucking podcast assholes um, don't know what they're talking about. It's like, I, I have no problem with guns. Uh, I, I don't personally own one, but that's not to say that I, I own one by decision. I just haven't bought one. I mean, my, my wife has problems with guns which is fine, but I don't personally have one. It's like, I, w- I wouldn't mind to go sh- and shoot for a sport, just, you know, target practice or whatever. That's fine with me. I have absolutely no issue with the gun. What I have issues with is that there is absolutely no safeguards in place to stop maniacs from owning them. Especially assault rifles. Like, I don't think anyone... Well, and that's... Any, wh- that's yeah, where that's, people need to... Like, I mean, the, the term assault rifle is so misused, and that's what, like... You know, people on our side of the argument that makes makes us sound a little ignorant when we use the term assault rifle because there's not an assault rifle. AR is Armalite rifle. Armalite is a company that made the original model. Okay. So it's not an assault rifle. It's a semi-automatic rifle. Rifle. 
And that's that's all it is. And well, regardless of what you want to call it, I don't think that any average person walking the streets needs to own one. No. People say they use them for hunting. You don't need that for hunting. Yeah. You're not going to have any usable meat if you use that for hunting. Yeah. And it's like uh, I've seen videos, people arguing that um, uh, marksmen can get off with uh, get off the same number and same rate of shells with a single shot rifle. Yeah, those are trained marksmen. Yeah. It's like some untrained psycho with a single shot rifle is not going to get off as many shots as a trained marksman. Yeah. That is an invalid and absurd argument. We should get off this topic. Yeah. People are going to start turning this off. Yeah. <laughs> if they haven't already. Anyway. So know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sick of it. And, and, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that like I know how to fix it, but I, it, something needs to be done. Right. And so, you know, it, it, it does, it makes it a little hard to talk about horror when you're thinking about these, you know, tragedies, but it's what we do. We're going to persevere. We're going to push through. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, we do real world horror every episode. But, you know, this is some like fucking real world horror. I mean, this yeah. is the kind of shit that happens way too often. Yeah. This isn't some fucking clown stalking people from the woods. This <laughs> right. is This is real shit. It's, it's not something you can, you know, laugh at or, you know, some of the things we do talk about in real world horror, we shouldn't be laughing at. But Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what's new with you? Um, not much. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are noticing like the maybe slightly better quality of our sound. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, we're working off of one new mic. Got it just to test it out. It seems to be sounding pretty good so far. I think so. Sounds good in our ears. Yeah. So we'll get you one next. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going on vacation. Uh, well... The day you guys are hearing this, I'll be on vacation the next day. So that's exciting. Yes, quite. Most exciting. Um, have we? Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to Disneyland and Universal Studios, which should be pretty sweet. You know, I'm going to Hollywood Horror Nights or Halloween Horror, Halloween Nights. Horror Nights. Thank you. Um, at Universal Studios. And it pissed me off because I was seeing opening night with so many people went. Like, all the people we follow on, like, Instagram and Twitter and stuff, they all fucking went to this. Did you, did you by any chance, see the uh, the interaction between Michael Doherty and James Wan? No. Apparently, it's, like, the first time they've ever met, but if you saw it, you would swear they hate each other. Really? Like, it was, like, this handshake, and then they both just kind of walked away from each other. It's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fuck off. And I was like, yeah, Doherty. <laughs> yeah. I hope or Doherty Team has, Doherty. <laughs> I hope he has as much contempt for him, or for Wan, as we do. Um, but yeah, you know, I've seen like fucking, um, the Saska twins, um, who else? Uh, Brian Turek, Brian Turek, uh, uh Mike Mendez was there. Seth Green. Oh, I didn't see Seth Green. Yeah, he was there. And, uh, Eli Roth. Yes. Yes. Eli Roth. Um, and yeah, you know, it, our guy that we've talked to before another local podcaster steve uh from the bone bat show he was there too with his family so it's like i'm just looking at his picture I'm like oh you fucker <laughs> um and i actually <laughs> i had to unfollow him on uh facebook because he was posting so many pictures i'm like dude don't fucking ruin this for me i want to be surprised 
Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm excited to go see some family while I'm down there. Go to uh, Huntington Beach, which is obviously where um, we spread my brother's remains. Mm-hmm. I haven't been back there since, so it should be nice and uh, what's the word? Cathartic. There you go. <laughs> um, sucks. I'm, I'm the only one that hasn't been back there. Oh, really? Yeah, my parents went down. God, when was it? I don't know, semi-recently. And then my, my sister and brother-in-law went down there again recently at some point. And so now it's my turn. I haven't been on a fucking vacation in two years. Like, I mean, you know, my wife and I went away for our anniversary last year. <clears throat> but it was just a weekend. Yeah. Like, this is going to actually be like a full-length um, vacation. Yeah. So nothing to talk about. Um, I mean, you know, and then I'm going to the Stanley right. later next month. Um, I'll be doing a, a ghost tour there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, spending some time in Colorado, spending time with my girlfriend's uh, sister and her husband. You going to hit the slopes? I think I'm going to go to a Nuggets game while I'm there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because the Warriors are in town that weekend. Mm. Go see Kevin Durant and his new new digs. That's right. He moved, right? Yeah, he went to the Warriors. All right. He's here this weekend. I saw something about him being in Seattle. I didn't see why. He's like christening a new basketball court oh. at a park. Well, fun. He's doing something with a charity where he's like going around the country and re- redoing basketball courts. Oh. Well, good for him. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, all right, well. How about, uh, how about Friday the 13th, huh? <laughs> Who would have guessed? Yeah. I mean, if you guys haven't heard already... Uh, I mean, if, if you if you listen to the show, you know that every time they've set a release date, we've said, oh, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Because we follow it pretty closely. We know like where they are as far as production. And it's like, as far as we know, they don't even have a completed script. They don't have a cast. Do they actually have a director? Uh, last I heard, they were still in talks with Breck Eisner. <laughs> Fuck. And they were saying that it's going to come out in January. Yeah. Which, if you're counting at home, is about three months away yeah um and that's just not gonna happen so they bumped it back to october October, which of course is the next friday the 13th yep how about that who called that and we like we've mentioned before this is the last chance they have before the rights revert yep uh back to new line do they go back to new line i think so okay I've had trouble following that. Those, I mean, even though Paramount's like back in control, uh, the rights are still so weird. Yeah, I don't fully understand them. Anyway, maybe they'll go back to New Line. And we can get Freddy versus Jason too. That'd be awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Sam Raimi will stop being a dick and let us do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That'd be pretty sweet. Because I mean, Ash is like at that. Well, I mean, Bruce Campbell. He's like at that age now where he kind of was in. The, the story slash comics kind of like in his 50s yeah you know uh, aged right and disgruntled um so it'd, it'd be perfect if we could only get Robert England back I don't think he'll do it though I don't know he might I, I, I think he's been pretty clear that <laughs> we he's can get like, bacon <laughs> yes <laughs> everything's better with bacon uh Tremors, Tremors 6. What Speaking about of Tremors? bacon, they're making Tremors 6. 
without him. Oh, well, okay. It's still got Jamie Kennedy, though, so that's cool. Fun. <laughs> What's he done lately? Trem- Tremors 5. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that like several years ago? Yeah, I think so. Wait, no, that didn't have Trevor. That was he wasn't in that, was he? Yeah. Was he? Yes. Okay. Because I know the guy from Growing Pains is in it. Fred Savage? No, not... Um, sorry. That's that's Wonder Years guy. Oh. Uh, not Growing Pains. Yes, Growing Pains. With Michael J. Fox, right? Growing Pains? Yes? No, Growing Pains was with the fucking Left Behind guy. Huh? Kirk Cameron. Oh. Uh, fuck, what's that show called? It had Michael J. Fox and I, I know Justin what you're Bateman. talking about. Fuck Beans. Definitely not called Fuck Beans. <laughs> it was called something, for sure. I know it had a name, I'm sure. <laughs> I know it had, it had some kind of name. Then he just put, like, a blank title card on the screen. They just said... Starring Michael J. Fox. Right. You looking at Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wait. After I post to Instagram. Hang on. <laughs> what? So, you know, the nice thing about this mic is, like, it, it sounds really nice. It's a condenser mic rather, rather than the uh, dynamic mics we, we usually use. Technology! <laughs> Nobody knows what you're saying right now. Uh, other podcast people might. They don't care. They might, they might care. They might listen to us and say, hey, I like those guys' sounds. Um, but the only bitch about these mics is, like, you have to talk. Family ties! That's the one. Um, but you have to talk directly into these mics, which is a bitch. Because speaking of Michael J. Fox, though, did you see Nike's releasing self-lacing shoes on November seventeenth? Yes, but they don't look like the Mag Fives. No, Just Mags. Air, Air Mags. Yeah. But why would they do that? They don't really self-lace. They have buttons on the tongue. Yeah, it, like it's like a spool or something. Yeah. It's still pretty badass. Technology. <laughs> We're living in the future, folks. Um. So wait, what? Oh, wait. We didn't thank our Patreon patrons. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, so f- much thanks to Max Zaleski, Skeptical Crypto, and Kevin Nesgoda. We love you guys for thank you for supporting us. Um, you're paying for our website. And if you would like to to join them. Please visit patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Or there's a link on our website. Yes. If you can't remember long things. Graveplotpodcast.com. Yes, sir. That's our website. That's the one. <laughs> um, I did renew the URL, by the way. Oh, good. I was worried our website was going to be like, <laughs> what, 705 B, my FTP upload, whatever it was. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, so, you know, we'll still have branding. Um, yeah. So. Oh, we've been bullshitting for about 20 minutes That's now. That's too long. This is way too long. So You should, you should probably cut some of that out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, so, we say we just uh, get to it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. 
So Taylor hates snakes. This is my fucking nightmare. <laughs> like he can't Unless the Saskas are listening, in which case I fucking love snakes. <laughs> if we ever go on elevator. Kiss ass. If we ever go on elevator, I love snakes. They'll never let us on elevator. Did you did you see I posted a thing on Twitter and I was like, I don't get why people on elevator tell the truth. I'd say I was afraid of cupcakes. <laughs> they retweeted it and they were like, cupcakes are pretty scary. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, we remember we went to that uh, haunted house a couple years back and we went through a, a snake room. There were like fake rubber snakes hanging from the ceiling dude, and you were just crawling out of your skin. Dude, the worst. <laughs> Have you, did you have like a bad experience with snakes or something? I don't think so. Just no. All right. Well, I guess, I mean, it's like me, I guess. I've never had a bad experience on a boat. I just don't like them. You don't like boats? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I've never had a bad experience. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a good swimmer. I just don't like fucking boats. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Um, anyway, but. I don't like snakes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in Hepzibah, uh, Georgia which is about 15 miles south of Augusta. Um, there have been 14, count them, 14 deadly pythons set free in this tiny little community. Are you, are you purposely being hyperbolic? Because they're not deadly at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're ball pythons also known as royal pythons, named as such because when confronted, they roll up into a ball. So they're cowards. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? I'd still fucking run like shit. After you, after you pee-pee and poop yourself? I, I, would, I, I would shit while running. <laughs> you know, it's an old George Carlin joke. Yep. One of the things you never see, somebody taking a shit while running at full speed. Yep. <laughs> but you would if there was 14 pythons anywhere near me. <laughs> Um, Jacqueline Heim told the authorities that her ball pythons, uh, were in secure cages. Who has 14 pythons as a pet? Some sick bastard. I, I would, I hate this woman. <laughs> I don't know her, but I hate her. I don't, well, I mean, I guess it's, uh, you know, maybe different strokes for different people, for different people, like, for uh, different folks. I, I get that people have snakes as pets and I, I, I accept that. I don't go to their house, but I accept it. <laughs> But fourteen, right? Pythons. What's what like I that? what I don't get as a non-snake owner is that like you know I like dogs because they have personalities, uh, and you know most of them are usually friendly. If you treat them well, they treat you well. But it's like I mean, but then cats I don't think have any personality. I think they're evil hellspawn, but. You know, a lot of people would agree would disagree. So, like, while I don't think snakes really have any kind of personality and therefore have no purpose as pets, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would disagree. Dude, I went to this party once, and I got super wasted, so I had to crash at the house. And when I woke up, I found out that there was a goddamn snake in the house. And the guy <laughs> told me that sometimes he just lets it out and lets it roll around the house, and I fucking wanted to hit him in the head. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> Oh, good times. I left immediately. I never went back. <laughs> so, Hepzibah, Georgia is not a great place to be right now. Unless they've caught them, I don't know. Uh, from what I hear, they've caught two. So, they're 
12 deadly fall pythons. <laughs> and they, they, they caught the person who let him go. And he said that he let at least some of them out in South Carolina. So I'm guessing this must be somewhere near the border. Okay. Any reason? I think he's probably just like a pita nut job or something. Oh. oh I was thinking maybe he's just an asshole. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> I guess he could be both. That's true. Because most pita people are assholes. That's true. Anyway. So, that's going on in the world. So yeah, I won't, will not be going to, to Hepzibah, Georgia anytime soon. Right. I'm not, I hadn't planned on it anyways, but. Right, it's not, probably not a vacation spot. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Let's press on. growing trend uh, nationwide of these like interactive haunted houses mm-hmm. where you're, where you go and you sign a waiver and you say that they can touch you and they can do weird things to you. Fondle your balls. Poke, yeah. Poke your asshole. Grope you. Stick their fingers in your mouth. And and they do. They do all those things. And they do um, do all of them. There's, there's a documentary out right now called The Blackout Experiment. It's all about the Blackout Haunted House, which is in both L.A. and New York, I believe, and yeah. Chicago. I don't know. I know New York and LA. But. Yeah, I think there's a third location too. Uh, I haven't watched that yet, but I do want to. Um, and then there, there's like McKamey Manor, which is sounds like just the worst of them all. Yeah, it takes like, you know, blackout and then multiplies it by like five. Yeah, they they like literally will punch you in the face. They'll hold your head underwater. They'll rip your hair out with duct tape. Yeah, that's the most fucked up part. But it's free. <laughs> Because they can't charge you to torture you. Actually, I mean, it costs uh, four cans of dog food. Oh, well, at least they're looking out for the pets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Darren Bousman, who you may know as one of the creators of Saw. I do know him. I thought you might. He is creating his own called The Tensions Experience, colon Ascension. Where your colon ascends. <laughs> That sounds like a medical condition. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you have colon ascension. We're going to need to get you on tributerols right away. That sounds like a thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Bousman says, while it is a horror-based experience, it is not a haunted house. And while it is macabre, it is not only for gorehounds. It is theater. It requires you to participate and be present. It will make you uncomfortable, it will get under your skin, and it will be completely unlike anything else you do this season. Uh, The story is that there's this religious cult called the OOA Institute, and they're attempting to recruit you. Sign me up. (laughs) Couldn't I just, like, go downtown to the Church of Scientology and have the same experience? hey Uh, no one under 18 is admitted, and it is not recommended for audience members who are not comfortable standing, walking, running, or being alone. So not my wife. No? Which no. one? All, all of the above? Uh, probably, but mostly the last one. Being alone? Yeah, we went to the Nightmare at Beaver Lake, and there was this part where they wanted... I think... Uh, if yeah, you, you back, talked about this on the show, I think. Yeah, like there's a part where they made us... wanted us to split up, and she refused to do nope. it. Nope! She walked around, like, it was like a little booth on the trail, because you know, it's an outside thing. Um, 
and yeah, she, there's two separate paths, and they wanted her to go down the separate one, and she said, nope, and just went around. You can book yourself. That's what can happen <laughs> right now. Um, audience members will be required to stand for long periods of time, navigate tight spaces, and encounter claustrophobic situations. I don't like that. No. Hey, like, I think I have a little bit of claustrophobia, but, like, like it has to be, like, a really compact. For me, too. Like, when I can't move my arms. That's, yeah. that's what gets me. Like, when we watched Blair Witch and she's crawling through those tunnels, mm-hmm. that, that did it for me. Yeah. I think that was one of my big problems with uh, As Above, So Below, too. Mm, yeah. Um, like, like the other haunted house we talked about, you do have to sign a waiver. Uh, this lasts two and a half hours. So it, it's a decent, decent amount of time there. It's like living a real horror film. Yeah. I think that's, that's the point. Mm, yes. Uh, this is in, Bo- in Boyle Heights, <laughs> Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, which from what I hear is not a good neighborhood. Uh, not particularly. No, <laughs> um, I haven't really spent any time there, but. From what I hear, I read about this on on Dread Central, and they they were saying that it's it like they they raved about it. They they said it was really good. Yeah. Um, they said you know it's not McCamey Manor, so you're not going to get punched in the face. You're not going to get tortured. It's not blackout, so you're not going to have to stick your arm in a toilet or anything, or fondle a naked person, or fondle anybody's balls, unless you want to. I guess that's the worst part about blackout. Have you ever read any like walkthroughs about? Yeah. There's, uh, like, they change it every year from what I understand. Yeah, because they, they don't want people going in knowing what's going on. Right. But there was somebody that posted a walkthrough that they did one year. I think it was from, like, 2012 or something. Um, and, yeah, there was a lot of uh, naked people. Yeah. Um, a lot of dong. A lot of dong. And, like, they had to dance with a naked dude, which is not something I want to do ever. And they had to stick their hand in a toilet. That was a real thing. Yes. Because they had to find a key or something, if I remember correctly. Something like that, yeah. And there was, like, puke in the toilet. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. People pay for this. Yeah. I mean, it's like, blackouts, it's very intense like that, but it's nothing that's going to hurt you. Yeah. As opposed to something like McKamey Manor, where they're out to, like, fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah. You see people, you know, afterwards with black eyes and shit. Yeah. So, anyway. But this, this is none of the above, as far as I can tell. Uh, no gross out stuff, no physical violence, just, um, you know, like Bousman said, it will get under your skin. Yeah. It sounds a lot like probably like a psychological thing. Right. And, uh, maybe some creepy religious type stuff. Yeah. Which is always effective, even to like people that aren't religious. Mm-hmm. Like you get even, possibly even more so. Maybe. Because I mean, if you're not religious, you kind of look at religion and go, what? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> Um, if you're interested and have a lot of money to burn, so much money, tickets are going to cost you $125 a pop. Um, it's running right now uh, through October 21st, which not through Halloween, really. Uh, they want to spend time with their wives and kids. I don't know. They want to be home for the holidays. Anyways, you can buy tickets at thetensionexperience.com. Tony's going to be doing this while he's in LA. No. No. <laughs> Nope. I thought about maybe go, trying out Blackout, but there's like no way I can get my wife to do it. Plus, isn't there a wait list? Is there a wait list? I think so. Oh. Then never mind. Fuck <laughs> <laughs>
So the trauma heads out there uh, probably won't be thrilled. They by won't this. like this. No. Um, they're going to be remaking uh, Toxic Avenger. Now this is like, you know, it's kind of like the Holy Grail of trauma, right? There are a lot of bad trauma movies. I mean, and Toxic Avenger is probably the better of them, but you know it's trauma, so it's only so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Toxic Avenger. Like I remember watching that when I was probably about seven. I was thinking they're purposely bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, just low budgets, inexperienced actors, and a fuck it mentality coming from trauma. Camp out the wazoo. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean that in like uh, Newcomb High, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Terra Firmer, mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, but they're remaking Toxic Avenger. Uh, it was only a matter of time. I yeah, I'm just I'm really surprised uh, Kaufman let this happen. True. Uh, it's gonna be directed by Conrad Vernon, who recently directed Sausage Party, which I actually heard good things about. I heard decent things. I was really surprised. I thought people were going to just say, this is fucking stupid. I can't believe they bothered with this. I also heard it's like fucking bizarre. I mean, I could tell from the trailers it looks fucking off the wall. Yeah. Talking food. Crazy. My boss was like, this is something you should go watch stoned. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's weird to hear from you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for encouraging me to use drugs. Yeah. Um, It's going to be written by Mike Arnold and Chris Poole, who are from Archer. I like Archer. Archer's good. It has good writing. Um, So Danger Zone. (laughs) Phrasing. Um, So, I don't know. I'm I'm torn on this because it's got a good, you know, a director from a movie that's apparently pretty good. Of course, it's a computer animated. Animated, yeah. Um, And, you know, good writers. So, I mean, there's that. But it's still a remake in Toxie, man. Well, and it's apparently loosely based. Right. And so it's going to be probably uh, a reimagining. <laughs> it's probably going to be dark and gritty. Oh, Christ. Yeah, they say it's going to be uh, more grounded and mainstream. Oh, fuck off. So, I mean, that that's what was so great about Toxic Avenger is how off the wall it was. It yeah. Just, it was insane. People don't like, want grounded when it comes to Toxic Avenger. No, it's fucking trauma. That's right. what they do. <laughs> um. But uh, any of you fuckers out there that don't know what Toxic Avenger is, it's basically uh, a dorky janitor at a health club gets knocked into a vat of toxic waste and becomes this super strong, mutated, hideous superhero. Yeah. Although he's a superhero more in the way of, like, the Punisher. <laughs> Reluctant or, hero, I guess. Yeah, well, anti-hero yeah. Anti-hero almost. Um, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's got a he's got a nice personality, but he just like violently kills people. Yeah. So he's maybe kind of like the tick. No, okay. I guess the tick doesn't violently kill people. I don't know. He's like something. He's like. I, th- you, I think you were right on with the Punisher. I think that's probably the closest. I think if you if you made the Punisher with Captain America's personality. Okay. There we go. Perfect. There's Toxie right there. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this is basically what they're gonna do is this is gonna be the start of a new franchise, hopefully. Oh, great. 
So we're going to get like three of these. Probably, at least. But, I mean, the last few were pretty bad. <laughs> like, Well, yes. Like, I mean, you know, the first one, it was definitely a product of its time um, and budget. I mean, like it had a minimal budget in the 80s. So you can imagine what that's like. Uh, but then you move it forward to the 21st century with a shoestring budget. And somehow it got worse. <laughs> it's like films are so affordable nowadays. I mean, you can make a decent film. I mean, any director will tell you this. You can make a decent film for nothing yeah. nowadays. Um, but somehow. Just make it found footage. Oh, God. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I mean, I don't think anybody, anybody that's a fan of trauma, nobody wants to, doesn't, doesn't want to see this. That's the thing. I don't think anybody who's a fan of Toxic Avenger already doesn't want this more grounded and mainstream telling of the story. And anyone who might want that kind of movie is going to give a shit about Toxic Avenger. Yeah. They're going to see that and be like, that's a shitty movie from the 80s. Or they're not going to know what it is, and they're going to go, that looks fucking dumb. Right. They're going to, I mean, they're going to be marketing it to people that haven't, uh, that, I mean, that, that weren't even born in the 80s. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and that's just the problem with Hollywood nowadays. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a studio attached, is there? Mm, not that I know of. Okay, well. Um, so that's happening. Man, it's unfortunate, but we're going to press on. We will get through this, people. Reason will prevail. Sir, say he's a mad scientist. Be a reason back and riding corpses. Be a animation of good. So, speaking of new films and franchises that aren't really related to the old ones <laughs> uh, there's a new reanimator movie currently in pre-production it's not house of reanimator so pump your brakes it's now william h macy although everyone wishes it was what house of reanimator william h macy has it been in production hell for like eternity i didn't know about this oh yeah he's like i think he might be president of the united states west I don't know if he's actually playing. I think he is supposed to be Herbert West. Oh. I'm not entirely sure, though. But, it's, yeah, it, was, it had William H. Macy who was supposed to be. Interesting. Yeah. Haven't heard of it, yeah. Oh. Well, it's probably never going to happen, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Well, it's a thing. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. That's the problem. Yeah, okay. Uh, but according to that'snotcurrent.com, there's currently a movie... Oh, well, that sounds reliable. <laughs> well, they talked to the director, so... <laughs> uh, they, there's a movie coming out called Reanimator Evolution. Um is currently in development, supposed to come out next year. It does star Lynn Shea and Brad Dorif. Is this a new line movie? <laughs> That's, that seems to be what Lynn Shea's in. It's true. Because she's Bob Shea's sister. Who's Bob Shea? He was, like, the president of New Line. I don't think he is anymore. But oh. President? Something. I don't know. But know. it also stars co-writer Jonathan Shach. Shack. I think it's Shake. Shake, 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 as Herbert West, um, the guy from the Oneaters. No, it's not that guy. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 
The one who's in the horrible-looking Day of the Dead remake? Yes. That's the same guy? That's the same guy. Are you sure? I am very sure. Ugh. Keep talking. I'm going to look him up. Well, he's playing Herbert West. Uh, he looks nothing like Jeffrey Combs. He's, he's that much more handsome-looking gentleman. No offense to Mr. Combs. But, I mean, you know, we and have... And neither one of them matches the description of H.P. Lovecraft's... Exactly. And so it's like, how upset can you really be about that? I mean, if even Jeffrey Combs didn't look like how Herbert West was supposed to look, how mad can you be that Shake doesn't look like him either? Yeah. But Shake doesn't look like a scientist. It's true. He looks like a frontman for a, a doo-wop band. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you put glasses on somebody, they can look like a scientist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, writer director Serge Levin calls it a much darker, much more thought-provoking, and definitely more grounded in science than the first adaptation. What's with this obsession with making movies more grounded? Uh, what? I, I blame uh, Christopher Nolan. For Batman? Yep. Okay. Uh, here's the great part. He says, my original story, Anti-Human, was more science-driven and had nothing to do with zombies. It just so happened that my original concept overlapped the H.P. Lovecraft reanimator, and we decided to adapt, adapt my initial script. So in other words, he wrote this movie. Someone went, you know, this kind of sounds like reanimator. <laughs> and he went, I could get the rights to that. <laughs> uh, God, was it, somebody did that with another movie franchise recently, or somewhat recently. God, what was that? I don't remember. Was it a Night of the Living Dead? Because there have been way too many Night of the Living Dead movies. There have been way too many. Fuck, I don't remember. Uh, well, this movie is about... This dude's fucking jacked. Look at him. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, he is. That's too jacked. Okay. I mean, <laughs> for for a little scientist, he's supposed to be like a frail, almost uh, like uh, almost girly type build i mean he's not supposed to be a big fucking if you wanted a jacked scientist but also wanted somebody blonde dolph lundgren that guy's like almost 60 a scientist named dolph lundgren <laughs> uh this movie is about pursued by the police Picture with him and cornrows would you shut up and let me talk Pursued by the police, an ambitious neuroscientist uses a neutrino impulse to bring his dead wife back to life, unintentionally unlocking within her dormant powers that threaten the existence of everyone he knows. Somehow he thinks this is reanimator. I'm yep, sorry. No, all right. That's him. It's the guy. Did you hear the synopsis? No, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like reanimator. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because why would you want to make a reanimator movie about the remake? But he says that it overlaps, and it, he also called it a more true adaptation. Based on what? What? That's not what the book is. About. That's not what the story's about. Yeah. The I mean, if you took the original story and modernized it, that's what the reanimator movie is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, this uh. This shouldn't happen. No, probably not. Um, I don't have a problem with Shake as an actor. And, you know, Lynn Shea and Brad Dorff are awesome. But why? Why Why do this? Oops, sorry, guys. 
I, like I said, this is he just wrote a movie and then realized he could get the rights to Reanimator and cash in. Yeah, probably. I wonder how Combs feels about this, if he feels anything about it at all. He probably doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, he's he's getting old. I mean, he can't play Herbert West forever. True. Because, I mean, they've already gone beyond what Lovecraft wrote about West. I would rather see him play Milton Dammers again. Uh, Frighteners. Oh, he's dead. But still. Spoilers. <laughs> Just come back. There was plenty guys. of dead people in that movie. Sure. He, him, Michael J. Fox can talk to him. I don't think you get Michael J. Fox. I think he's pretty done. Yeah, probably. On account of the you know crippling disease. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So probably don't want this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll wait. I'll give it a chance if if the trailer looks cool or something. But from from everything I've been told so far, it's a, it's a pass. Hmm. Yes. Well, that's a shame. You hate to see those kinds of things happen. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice. I speak so writing on the Stephen King adaptation train is Netflix coming up next with their adaptation of Gerald's game. By the way, did you hear they're making a, another Hearts in Atlantis movie? No. Yeah, they're going to do another adaptation of it. Why? I, I don't know. The original had Anthony Hopkins in it. How are you going to get better than that? man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking people. I swear to God. Uh, uh, Gerald's Game is a story about a woman who, during some rough sex, gets handcuffed to a bed by her husband and then accidentally kills him. And uh, basically follows her kind of descent into... Uh, dehydration and you know starving to death and the mental hallucinations that come along with those and hilarity ensues of course <laughs> naturally <laughs> um, but yeah Netflix is going to be adapting this um, it's going to be written by Mike Flanagan who of course uh, directed Hush and Oculus um, and wrote both of them actually and Ouija uh, Origin of Evil. Right. Which is which, coming out next month. Yeah, and from the trailers, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, it's a definitely... It looks to be an improvement over the original. Yeah, but it is PG-13. It is PG-13. Um, and it is Blumhouse, if I'm not mistaken. It's BH Tilt. Same thing. See, it's, I'm willing to give BH Tilt the, the, the benefit of the doubt. Because I think BH Tilt buys movies and distributes them. Whereas Blumhouse makes movies. Is that the thing? I think that's the thing. Okay. Because I always, th- like, when I first heard of BH Tilt, the way I understood it is BH Tilt was, like, their low-budget division. Yeah, I don't think that's right. Right, because apparently Blumhouse is a low-budget film house. Yeah. So, well, low-budget relative to the multi-million dollar films that are being made. They still, like, have a, was it, like... I think it's $10 million. Is it 10? I think so. I didn't even think it was that much, but whatever. It's still these outrageous budgets that, like, you know, people like us or any other f- low-budget filmmakers we've met 
Ten million is not a low budget. <laughs> yeah, I would kill to have a ten million ten million dollar budget. I wouldn't even know what to do with that much money. <laughs> like, I would just start adding shit in because I could. Yeah, it's just like, and at the end, everything explodes. Right. It's just like exp- and, I want. And then every- Platinum Dunes would want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I guess uh, finan- financiers. We're interested, but I want a more conventional structure. I don't know what that means. Well, I I mean, you you know the book better than me, so I don't know. I actually haven't but, read the book. I know the story very well. Oh, okay. Because, well. I mean, Flanagan said that the, the way that the book is laid out, it doesn't necessarily translate to a true um, movie format. Well, okay, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I haven't read the book, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, like, from what I know about the book, uh, and, you know, my dad would be a better um, storyteller about this. Uh, it seems pretty straightforward, but, I mean, there's a lot of weird shit going on, and maybe that's what would... That's what's causing the hangups. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, he's been working on this for like ten years or something. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, by, by the time we're, uh, you know, senior citizens, there's probably going to be Stephen King's like entire bibliography sure is seems be that way. Ad- adapted in one way or another. Um. If they, if any of them actually get fucking made, I mean, you know, there's this. They're saying they're gonna make it, but we'll see. Right. Netflix is usually pretty good about that, though. That's true. Um, but we've heard so many movies getting adapted, and how many of them have we actually seen happen? I mean, not actually actually seen. A handful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, mean, I think the longest standing one was Dark Tower, and that's actually being done. Yeah, that's finally. Com- it's coming out in February. So, um, anyway, but, uh, Gerald's game, uh, I think, like I said, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure it was well liked. The story sounds interesting, maybe a little, a little different than what he would usually write. It's not so much horror related Mm. as it is more psychological. Um, well, we'll see. Uh, but, I mean, that's as far as that, that's all the news we have. I mean, Flanagan seems to be the only person that's attached right now. Yeah, like I said, he, this is this is his his project. Right, right. He's I don't I don't know if he like has the rights to it or what, but he's he's been working on this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for whatever reason, he said it, it doesn't translate to this true narrative style of a movie. So I don't I don't know what that means per se. But he said that Netflix is willing to let him do it the way he wants to do it. So. That's good. I mean, it's always it, mainly because they gave him Hush, and Hush was great. Right? Yeah, Hush. I mean, Hush was good, and Oculus was pretty good too. I mean, despite the reviews. Um, and haven't seen Before I Wake yet. Neither have I. But I mean, the nice thing is that when you get a good director, it's nice to just let them do their thing. Right. I mean that's it's kind of irresponsible to just do that across the board. Um, but at the same time, like as a director, you have to follow certain people's visions. 
like how Juan Carlos Presnadillo just got kicked off of Haunted because he wasn't following Steven Spielberg's idea for the movie. Well, that's Steven Spielberg. I mean, don't fuck with Spielberg. This thing I don't we get. I'm like, do the things the way he wants. Like if because they stopped production and fired Presnadillo, why doesn't Spielberg just direct it? You're Steven fucking Spielberg. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, especially because it's like his concept and his idea. And yeah. Like something that he's been wanting to do for years. Yeah, it's his pet project. And so he hires somebody else to do it. It's a little weird. It is weird. But anyway, so we'll keep tabs on this and see how it comes. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll be a review someday down the line. I'm saying words now. Stop me. <laughs> Ta- tacos, pizza, toaster, aluminum. Yes. So let's do the next story. Speaking of Netflix, another movie coming to the streaming service is called Little Evil. And what's exciting about this is that it's written and directed by the same guy who wrote and directed Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. (laughs) Tell me more. One Mr. Eli Craig. Uh, This is going to star Adam Scott of Parks and Rec and Evangeline Lilly of Lost. God, I didn't know that name. I never watched Lost, so I don't... She was Kate. That doesn't help. I didn't watch Lost. <laughs> uh, they will play a just-married couple who find out that their six-year-old son... Oh, out of wedlock. Scandalous. Ooh. Uh, but he's the Antichrist. Oh, she played, uh, she played Hope in um, Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's Kate. She's Hope. She's, Kate. she's Wasp. Um, so yeah, their six-year-old son is the Antichrist. So it's kind of... I'm pretty sure it's a horror comedy. I have to guess, yes, because um, it's got Adam Scott. So I'm thinking it's a it's a horror comedy omen, almost. It sounds that way, yeah. But check out some of these other names. Uh, Donald Faison. Okay. A.K.A. Black Scrubs. <laughs> uh, Chris Dahlia. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, it's I don't think he's that funny, but... Uh, Brad Williams, who is another stand-up comedian. He's a, he's a little guy. The little guy? Yeah. Uh, Clancy Brown. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. <laughs> and, of course, Tyler Labine. Yes. That that won me over. I, I'm in. I love Tyler Labine. <laughs> the guy's awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a little, you know, working together again. This this is coming out next year, and uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm so pumped <laughs> for this. Uh, so, this is... Uh, a movie or, or a show? Movie. Okay. Uh, it almost sounds like something they could just make into a show. True. Uh, anyway. But yeah, I, I like all these people. Right. Yeah, I mean, Tuck, uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Uh, or Tucker and Dale versus Evil, sorry. Um, Still waiting on the sequel to that, by the way. Yeah. That we were promised. As far as Tudic. I... <laughs> as far as I'm... As far, as far as I've heard, everybody wants to do one, so I don't know what yeah. the hang-up is. I don't know. Uh, yes. Anyway. But yeah. Could I mean, be cool. You got 
you got Adam Scott and Turkleton. <laughs> I've been rewatching Scrubs lately. And yeah, me too. Oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like we were watching it on Netflix, and it was like end of season eight. Press play to watch season nine, and we were like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> that was so bad. It Why did was. they do that? Because NBC or whoever bought the rights and wanted to make more. Well, it was on NBC, and then they made they went to ABC. Okay. Uh, and they did. I think actually, season eight was on ABC, and then they made season nine, which was like basically like Saved by the Bell, the new class, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> um, and that was duty cocky. Yeah, they were clearly trying to like segue into a new group of doctors. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah it did not work. I mean, they started doing that in season eight with Joe and. Right. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't happening. But then, like the per, the finale of season eight was like this such this big grand going away thing, and it's like then it comes back and just like no, don't come back from that. Right. Well, it's like it's it's weird because the show had two finales and one. Yeah. The NBC one, if I'm remembering right, because I haven't actually seen it in a while. If I'm remembering right, the NBC one was actually kind of shit um, because I think they NBC canceled the show and so they didn't and it was like a surprise to everyone so they didn't actually get to film a, a finale oh. it was the episode where um, Dr. Cox is telling the story to his son about them trying to find the golden ring really that was the finale oh wow so yeah the one where JD's like moving moving yeah that was the ABC finale. Oh, okay. But then there was another season after that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was bad. It was bad. And uh, it even looked different. Yeah, it had definitely had a different feel. It had that ABC look to it. Yeah. Like everything was, like, brighter. It was brighter and, like, glossy. Yeah. Uh, just wasn't right. No. <laughs> anyway, we're not, <laughs> this is not the Scrubs podcast. We should start a Scrubs podcast. We should start a Scrubs podcast. <laughs> We could be like Gilmore guys. Yeah. But for Scrubs. We totally should do this. Guys, this is our last episode. We, we could be tune, tune in in two weeks for the Sacred Heart cast. I was going to say the Sacred Hearts podcast. Uh, then we'll probably get a lot of Catholics thinking we're a religious <laughs> podcast. And then we'll like say fuck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, Little Evil coming to Netflix in 2017. <laughs> Starring Turk Turkleton. <laughs> I like because Damn, he... Damn, Turkle dog! <laughs> Brown bear. Um, I like how just because Donald Faison's in it, we got into this big scrub tangent. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. Is that it? That's it. All right, that's all for horror business. Um, so that's going to lead us into reviews. You know, I kind of forgot how much JD can irritate me sometimes. <laughs> so are we just going to talk Scrubs for the rest of the episode? Yeah, fuck it. I don't want to talk <laughs> about the movies. Let's a, talk about Scrubs. This is a backdoor pilot to the Sacred Hearts cast. <laughs> no. Um, we did watch a couple movies, as we usually do. Uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, fuck. Let's start with Morgan. 
We knew right away that Morgan was very special. Within a month, walking and talking. Within six, self-sustaining. She exceeds our wildest expectations. She's like a child. Morgan is a child. She had a tantrum. Morgan's behavior was very unfortunate. She's learning and she has the right to make mistakes. She isn't it. And it has no rights. Oh, you're wrong about that. You'll see. Morgan, please don't. Despite the current setbacks. You have to stop. The results of our investment are quite remarkable. Stop! You have to stop. Alright, so Morgan is a 2016 movie directed by Luke Scott, who is actually the other son of Wrigley Scott. Not Wrigley, Ridley. <laughs> like the gum? Wrigley gum. Heir to the gum empire. Uh, but no, not the dead son, Tony. Uh, the other son that still lives. Oh, the dead one didn't direct this? No, he did not. Uh, yes, Luke Scott. You may know him from One Tree Hill. Um... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> it's because there's this character called Lucas Scott. I hate that I know that. I hate that you know that. My wife, god damn it. My wife. My wife. Um yes. Anyway, it's uh calling this a horror is a bit of a stretch. Sci fi. It's more sci fi. Um It's uh it's but yes, it's it stars um Anya Taylor Joy from The Witch, uh, and Kate Mara. Uh, from Murder House. Yes. Or more recently, like The Martian, I guess. It was probably her last movie, at least that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Mara's sister, which you apparently didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it just did not click with me at all. Um, anyway, so the story's about uh, Morgan, who is a artificial being I'm still not sure what she was what I gathered was that they injected or like a the crossbred nanotechnology with human DNA so she was a human baby she she's basically like from what I get, like she's basically an android in like the truest sense of the form or sense of because the they word. said she was born into like cyborg, finger quotes or whatever. Well, I think she was a test tube baby. She wasn't like oh okay. I don't think she was like birthed. Okay, that makes more sense then. But they they like grew her from a single cell and like actually fertilized an egg. Um. But yeah, she's she's not like. Um, you know, an android or cyborg like you you're, you're used to seeing where you've got like 
you know, like the Terminator, which is like a skeleton, metal skeleton over, you know, under. Right, living. she's not like half robot. Yeah, she, it's incorporated into her DNA. Yeah. Um. And she's been raised in this underground laboratory. Um. She's five years old, but looks like she's in her twenties. Uh, so she obviously has accelerated growth rate. Because they showed her on her first birthday, and she looked like she was, I don't know, seven. Right. So, yeah, accelerated accelerated growth, um, high intelligence. Um, I think it's this, she has she borders on precognition, if I remember right. And she has telekinesis, too. She has telekinesis. and But she also can, um, uh, because she's basically part robot she can connect with electronics like she had the ability to control like the music in her room and the lights with her mind so it's it's a very different take on like and like i said like cyborgs it's a different take on it yeah um Much more organic yes uh the thing you don't really f- know and you i mean you find out at the end and I mean, I won't reveal that, but you don't really know why they made her, but it's definitely a, a lab that's backed by a major corporation. You don't know who this corporation is or basically just some shadow corporation. As far as we know, all you know is Brian Cox is, is the man in charge, right? Which reminded me of manhunt, which was awesome. <laughs> um, wait, manhunter, no manhunt, man. the video game, Brian oh. Cox did the voice of the narrator. Did he? Yeah. Okay, I never really played that game oh, dude, much. Oh, it's so good. Well, I remember, actually, around the time we first met, you were playing it a lot at your apartment. Yeah, because it was awesome. I want a fucking Manhunt movie. That'd be so good. That would be good. Um, and the narrative is there. Like, you don't even have to do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Kate Mara is an agent of this company. Um, she works... Sinsect was the name. Right, okay. And she's basically a, um, I don't know, kind of a glorified, uh, she, she's what, like risk management or something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah. Um, and she's been sent out to this lab, which is out in, I assume, New York. That's what all the license plates were. Yeah. This is probably upstate somewhere. Um, back in the woods, like up a dirt road and behind a fence in this old abandoned looking mansion. Um, and there's a, a team of scientists and, and the reason she's been called out there is that Morgan attacked one of the people that worked there. And apparently she's had a violent Stabbed streak. her in the eye with a fork. Right. And apparently she's had a violent streak, just like these random outbursts where, and she's, I mean, because she's of her, um, her, her partially or, uh, partially, what's the word? Synthetic, I guess, or inorganic. Yeah. Um, biology. She's got like super strength. She's well trained uh, in like hand to hand, and she's very fast. Um. She just had this like these random violent outbursts, and there seems to be no real trigger to them. They just seem to be kind of out of nowhere. Well, I mean, they're. Like, initially, the the first one was because she wanted to go to the lake, and they told her that she couldn't. Right. Yeah, and so she actually had an outburst. So it's, it's, like, clearly, like, an overreaction. 
at, yeah. at the least. Yeah, and she's been locked in her room for however long, um, where she, as she used to have kind of free reign, like she was free to come and go as she pleased. But now she's been locked in a room because of something that happened that is actually not revealed till later in the movie. Um, but Kate Mara is there basically to decide whether or not this Morgan program can continue. Um, and so she's there interviewing people involved, uh, interviewing Morgan herself or itself. There's a, she's Kate Mara is very, and what's, uh, God damn, what's her name? I forget the character's name. Lee. Lee is very, um, adamant about referring to Morgan as an it, whereas everybody else who's become close with her keeps referring to her as a, as a her. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the movie is basically trying to figure out the mystery of Morgan um, and why, like, what she, who she is, why she is, and exactly what is causing her to have these outbursts. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically it, I guess. So, um, thoughts? Uh, one of the scientists is Benny yes. from, from Stranger Things, which was awesome. Uh, I, I was more upset about Benny dying than I was about Barb dying. Sorry. <laughs> Even though Benny was actually in one episode, <laughs> I mean, I I just watched it again. I finally got my girlfriend to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, he Benny's in one episode. Barb is in three. Right. But Benny was such a good dude, you know. Like he found Eleven stealing his food, and he just like helped her out. He gave her some free food, and he just, you know thought he was doing the right thing by calling child services. Mm-hmm. So he's just a good dude, and then so they, and then they shot him. You shot it, man. <laughs> uh, did you know Barb got cast in that Archie show? They're making an Archie show? You haven't heard about that? No. Yeah, it's called uh, called Riverdale. It's about Archie, but it's basically like going to be a teen drama. Wait, who's she playing? She's playing Jughead's girlfriend. Oh. I don't uh, she looks like. She's, she doesn't look like Barb, so I don't know where they got her. The, the girl that plays Barb that doesn't look like her. I don't, I don't know where they got that. But oh. I can't remember character's name either I keep wanting to say mod but i don't think that's right uh anyway yeah they've got they've been slowly revealing the cast oh they, who, they have an archie yet yeah who is it i have some guy i've never seen some, before some ginger some fucking cw fuck um and and uh fucking giamatti was awesome in this yeah i mean he was I only giamatti dude he's so good he's, he's really good um he's only in it for 10 minutes but was, his role was good. What was, what was so funny to me it was his name was Dr. Shapiro, and it just made me think of Man on the Moon when Tony Clifton is like, Shapiro! Because <laughs> that was Frank Reynolds' character. I mean, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, I can't believe I did that. Um, uh, this movie like moved really well. I, I was surprised when I looked at my watch and realized it was already an hour in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a long movie. It's no, only, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, it was 
it moved along well. It didn't hang up at any points. Um, it was just... Uh, I don't know how to say that it moved along well, but it was also slow. See, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. Like it, it, it moved well, but it took a long time for anything to, to get going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, this movie was just basically all this mystery of basically surrounding almost everyone. Yeah. Like they they keep referring to things that have happened before the movie, like periods in time before the movie actually started. So it's like, we don't really know like why, like I said, why Morgan is locked in her room, why she's not allowed to leave. They keep referring to this, this accident or, you know, something that happened, but you like, it's three quarters of the way through the movie before you actually find out what it was. Right. Um, and they just don't really tell you a lot about her. Um, I mean, other than how she was created, uh, it's strange to me that she has such a robotic personality, but it's not consistent. She has, I mean, she also, uh, she obviously has like moments of real humanity emotions. Yeah. Um, you know, where she actually like gets emotional and she cries. Um, she talks about love, about feeling love. Right. Um, which that's another thing that, uh, Rose Leslie is in this, mm -hmm. uh, for game of Thrones fans, you would recognize her. Uh, and there's, kind of this underlying not sexual tension but kind of like it almost feels like a love story a little bit and but it's never directly addressed yeah and it, it makes me want like i get three different impressions from that relationship i get a mother-daughter one i get a sister one and i also get like a a, a lover one i totally see that so I, I didn't really know what the direction was that that was going and i don't know if that was on purpose Right. Um, but I really couldn't get a grasp on how their relationship was actually supposed to be taken. So, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. Um, but the story was interesting. Um, and I can't really reveal a lot about it. Otherwise, it's going to kind of spoil the ending. But, I mean, like I said, throughout the most of the movie, you're wondering why Morgan even exists, what they were trying to achieve. There is like this, I guess you would say a twist ending, but you and I both saw it coming. Um, yeah, about not, not right away. No, definitely not. But about I think the last twenty minutes or so, at least, yeah. Probably, just like, I think I know where this is headed. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Any other thoughts? Not, not a lot of gore. Um, some. Uh, but not a lot. A little. Most of the action is is gunplay, right? Um, and it's very like we the the action scenes um, they're hard to follow, and it didn't seem like like when they do have fight choreography, it's not. I was not expecting that. Like all the hand to hand stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was. I didn't see that coming. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's not that kind of movie, but it didn't seem like those scenes were shot very well. Mm. They were hard to follow, at least for me. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't get that. No, well, it's just like if you watch like a, a lot of action movies with their like a lot of fights. I mean, you you hire crews that are experienced with that kind of shit. I mean, yeah. your, your DP knows how to how to frame and shoot a action scene, you know, with a lot of 
quick moves and fighting and stuff. And this just didn't really have that skill, I guess. That's one thing is this movie, like, it, it kind of bends genres, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of billed as a horror movie, but it's not really. It's sci-fi at its base. Yeah. But it does have, like, elements of horror. It's got, like, these choreographed fight scenes. And then it's got, you know, gunplay action scenes. Yeah. So it kind of bounces around to several different genres. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, um, not quite, like, there's this underlying theme that anybody that works or has worked for, like, a bigger company, in any aspect, you you know that that corporate feel that hangs above your head? Mm -hmm. That was present in this movie. Yeah. A lot of, like I said, you know, Lee's essentially risk management for this corporation, whatever they may be. And you know, it's insect. Her. Thank you. It was just—I thought it was funny that it, it was just insect with an S at the beginning. <laughs> um, for them to, or I guess for her to be there, like questioning all of the scientists involved, um, and you know, questioning Morgan to basically find out, like, have Morgan explain her own value, basically. Um, I guess I liked that part of it because it definitely gave you the impression of, you know, aside from this being a sci-fi horror type movie, this is also um, very real life because, you know, these big companies, they spend, you know, millions of dollars on a project and, you know, they they need to know when to cut their losses. So that aspect of it was, was nice. Yeah. Um, it's also like, almost a coming of age movie which like that's the 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 interesting thing about morgan is like you said she's five years old and she but she has all these advanced powers with her mind Mm -hmm. but you never really know where her like uh emotional maturity is yeah is it at the level of a five-year-old or is it a level of a you know 22 or however old right um and yeah she definitely bounces around a lot. I mean, she has... Because other times where she's very confused about her emotions. Mm-hmm. But that she also bounces back and forth between being, uh, you know, human and basically being a robot. I, I kind of touched on that earlier. The fact that she doesn't really understand her own existence fully, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That's That's weird to me. It seemed like she'd have a better grasp, or at least be more based in one or the other. I mean, she was raised by normal humans, so you'd think... You know, when, when you're raised by somebody... You, people typically take on personality traits of their parents, because those are the ones that raised them. You know, later in life, they take on traits of their friends. And, you know, it's it's a... Your, your personality is a constantly growing thing. Mm-hmm. Um because of the the influence around it or, or around you she was raised by was but somewhere between 5 and 7 or so people um and while she did definitely did have human emotions she also definitely had that kind of robotic aspect to her and you'd think that would be less prominent being that she was raised by humans True. So I didn't 
that was something that I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit, but. I didn't think that much about it. Yeah. You know, I got to look deeper in these things. I don't, I don't want to leave the theater smarter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did say that. You did. (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, there's a couple things that like felt like references but I'm not entirely sure they were. Yeah. The, the big one that stood out was that me and you talked about after the movie, it was, was like a 2001 reference. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the, what's, uh, Ted, is that his name? Uh, yeah, I think one of, so. One of the scientists, he's talking to Lee, and he's like, I'm sorry, Lee. You know I can't do that. Right. And he even like his, he had like that monotone drawl, and it was like, that has to be a reference. Right, and you know, the fact that the the movie is about an artificial intelligence it's right. gone crazy it's... and another one that would be much more obscure if it was actually referenced I'm not entirely sure this one is is like Morgan says something about how you know she had an incident and she's like but I'm feeling much better now which would, would be a night court reference <laughs> so it's probably not was that actually I think that did it start somewhere else and then Night Court referenced it, and then this is. There's the guy who played uh, Gomez Adams, John Aston. Yeah, it was him. On Night Court. Oh, like I, you obviously know Night Court much better than like I do. Fucking Harry Anderson and shit. Well, I know Night Court. I just didn't really watch it all that much. You should. You should, <laughs> okay. you should find it. I'll make note of that. It's probably streaming somewhere. I hope. I'll, now I want to watch Night Court. <laughs> Uh, you know there was a headless horseman movie in 2007 starring the guy who played bull (laughs) nope i was gonna watch it but kevin told me not to okay i pulled up the line i'm feeling much better now you got buddy ryan right yep (laughs) so that must be it i guess your dog to quit fucking around she got mad because I woke her up fuck her she's a dog <laughs> just for me and my dog um so yeah probably not a reference probably not <laughs> if it was that's a bit of a reach yeah so anyway. it's like did you guys catch the references 2001 and night court <laughs> <laughs> anyway um this got some bad reviews it did. It, it got like fucking just railroaded. I mean, what was everyone's complaint? Uh, I, don't, I guess I don't know specifics. Um, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch. That's critics or audience? That's critics. 35 from the audience. 35 from the yeah. audience? The predictable twist hampers the story's suspense and the film doesn't dip beyond the superficial. Yeah, I mean... Like we said, it, it it became predictable, but like we didn't go into the movie knowing it. One guy says that he predicted the the ending five minutes in. That's bullshit. He's lying. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I liked it. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna rave about it, but it, it was. It was decent. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was not the best movie I've seen, I mean, this year, but not the worst. Yeah. Um, 
I yeah, I just I, I don't I don't know what everybody's problem was. I mean, like I think they're like it almost seems almost I mean, every review I just looked at mentioned Ridley Scott. So it seems like people were like, "This is Ridley Scott's kid." I'm going to go in with super high expectations. Yeah. And like, if you look at his filmography, like he doesn't have shit on it. Like he's, he's second unit director on a lot of movies or like, let's see, he was second unit on, uh, that Exodus of, of, of gods and men, which was not well liked if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but then also he was second unit on, uh, the Martian. Um, and this is from what I could tell, Outside of TV, this is his first like solid directing gig. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but I, I don't know what people were expecting. Yeah, it just seems like people went in with too high expectations and expected some kind of fucking Ridley Scott masterpiece. Yeah, and a lot of it looks like the people are just finding a reason to bitch. It's not Alien. Um. So, I mean, this isn't. Yeah, a- I mean, it's not great. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's that's this amazing piece of cinema, but it's it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like I on my rating, I would probably added another point to it. Um, had I not predicted the ending, yeah. Although the thing is, like the ending, it was kind of one of those things where I predicted it, but and then when it came, it wasn't like, yeah, no, I know. It was like, got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it was it was fine. Um. And there was nothing really wrong with it. It was it was a movie. Yeah, it's decent enough. Anything else to add? Um, did the the look of Morgan was the she looked like a Teletubby? Like a Teletubby. She was wearing this very thick, like almost looked like wool hoodie. I'm more about looked, like her skin. Oh. And like she had like the blonde eyebrows that almost disappeared at times, and it, but it was like her skin almost looked like gold. Yeah, like her her pallor was very um, drab. I mean, like it looked it almost looked to me like they incorporated some kind of like metallic uh, look into it. Yeah, uh, gray makeup of some kind. It was it was weird. Her lips were gray. Her hair had gray low lights to it. I guess. Like her hair was blonde, but it, like in the right light, it looked gray. Yeah. So but it was kind of weird because, like we were saying before, she's not like robotic. She's not doesn't have metal parts right. to her or anything. But she kind of looked like C three PO. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm. Done. I guess I'm done. I've said my piece. Um. Yeah, I, I thought the acting was really good in it. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not bad actors. Skip didn't serve a purpose in my mind, but... Which one's Skip? The cook. Oh, just the pretty boy, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Um, Yeah, I thought thought it was fine. It was decent. I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. can't remember anyway um yeah uh you know like you said the acting was good um it was well shot um i mean it was very blue it was very blue 
uh, yeah, heavy-handed on the blue filter. Probably could have eased back on that a little bit. Um, I mean, good direction, I guess. I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, uh, the the movie moved along well, and that's that's a, a sign of you know good direction. Mm-hmm. If um, you don't notice the direction, that's a that's a sign of good direction. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like I, Kate Mara is I, I like her and pretty much most of the, or like most of the things I've seen her in. Um, Anya Taylor Joy, like I, even though I didn't like the witch, I thought she was like the, the bright light in that. Um, so yeah, overall it was well done. Um, now it's like would I go out and like buy the blu-ray when it comes out i wouldn't probably not no i'd watch it again but sure. I, I don't think i would own it yeah i mean if it was if it was like on netflix i'd watch it right um but it'd just be one of those things that would take up space on my shelf and i'd never watch it right uh so i guess all things considered look at a six yeah i'm going five five yeah all right just, you know, down the middle. Good. Sure. Solid. Solid. Yep. So then we uh, we also watched Don't Breathe. Dad? It's me. I, I really fucked up. That's her guy. Is he blind? It's really fucked up to have a blind guy, isn't it? Just because he's blind don't mean he's insane, bro. Really? Fucked up. Really? <laughs> Guys. Honey's probably in there. Who's there? How many of you are there? Really? Sounded very enthused about that. Well, we were supposed to watch it last episode. Right. Yeah. Everybody's reviewed it already. So but then know. Lionsgate was like, here's free passes to Blair Witch. And we're like, all right, fine. <laughs> fine. We'll review the movie for most people will. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, because now we're just now seeing a lot of podcasts coming out with Blair Witch reviews. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be ahead of the curve for a change. And, and, and since it was free. That does help. Free's good. Free is good. Um, so yeah, Don't Breathe is the story of three cat burglars, uh, Rocky, Money, and Alex. 
and they decide this is going to be their last job. Which, <laughs> how many movies start this way? <laughs> this is last. This is our last heist before we hang it up. Because they they discover that there's oh it's, and um, Stephen Lang by the way. Stephen Lang, the blind man. Oh, great I was, actor. I was getting there. Oh, okay. So there's this blind man. Since Tony has fast forwarded us. Oh, everybody already knows. Um, he has a, he apparently his his daughter was hit by a car, and so he got this very large settlement, and he I guess doesn't believe in. Hmm. Go ahead. You're showing me pictures of Jane Levy, and it's throwing me off. Um, this blind man he got this big settlement, has all this money. Apparently, doesn't believe in banks. So they're they're gonna they're gonna do this heist. And they're gonna rob him, and then they they break in, and he uh, he he doesn't let him. Wow, you're really selling this. <laughs> I mean, I can't really go into too much detail about it. Most of the story is about like it's the events while they're in the house, and they're they're fighting against this blind man. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of like you don't really know who you're supposed to root for at a lot of times. That's, that's a sign of a good movie. I think really. Uh, yeah. I mean, when it, there's no clear protagonist or antagonist. Yeah. I think that makes a movie good because you're constantly bouncing back and forth. You never get settled. Cause I think when, when you settle into some uh, frame of mind, that's when you start to get bored. True. I and mean, this one kept you, kept you going because it, like you didn't know who you were supposed to like. Yeah, I mean, it starts out this blind guy is just, he's, he's defending his home mm-hmm. against these people who broke into his house and are trying to steal all this shit. But then you find out he's also like a sadistic bastard and, right. he's, and he's got these, these secrets, which obviously I'm not going to talk about. But Right. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a Vietnam vet and you think that he's, but he's blind and old. So you think he's just going to be this fucking worn Feeble. out old man, yeah. but he's actually like, He's a, a badass. He's a, yeah, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's not much of a spoiler because they actually show money getting killed in the trailer. So. Oh, do they? I haven't seen that trailer. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of them. Uh, he, yeah, shoots money. But, I mean, if you've watched the trailers, you do see just Alex and Rocky in the majority of it. So. Right. Um, this is written and directed by the team behind the Evil Dead remake. Yeah, uh, Fide Alvarez and Roto Segoyas, which is definitely what drew me in. Um, yeah, to begin with, what and made we me actually we, we talked about this movie on the show back when it was called A Man in the Dark. Yeah, when it was first announced. Right. Yeah, we, it was because it had um, Alvarez and Segoyas and Jane Levy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was really a good. Getting, getting the band to, back together. Yeah. It was a good team to sell Hashtag a movie squad with. squad goals. Right, that. That was loud. It was loud. And also you had uh, Ghost House Productions, Sam Raimi's production house. Right. Um, yeah, a lot of... I mean, it's... 
three, well, essentially two kids that are basically trapped in this house because he's got it on lockdown. He's got it locked up like a dolphin's butthole. Yes. Watertight. <laughs> um, oh, God. Burping up booberry. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, he's got it on, like, just completely locked up. And so it's, it's, um, plus he's got a dog. The fucking Rottweiler keeps chasing after him. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, Rocky and Alex are, are trapped in this house and they are just trying like hell to find a way out. But this, this blind guy, I mean, he's, he's not like daredevil. I mean, he doesn't have like these superhuman abilities, but, um, he knows his house. He knows where, I mean, most blind people do. They know where things are in their house because they never get moved. So when something is different, they immediately know something's wrong. And so he has that ability to detect when, like, where they are. Like, he's, he he originally thought that there was only um, Rocky and Money in the house. But then he smelled Alex's shoes, because they took their shoes off when they came into the house, because it's like creaky wood floors. And he smelled Alex's shoes, or one of their shoes, or something. But then he all their shoes, yeah, yeah. And then he felt three different pairs of shoes, so he knew there were three people. So it's just that that kind of thing. Um, Which, of course, you know, they say when when you go blind, your other senses are heightened, right? Which is kind of like the basis of like Daredevil and his abilities. But this is, I mean, this is not a comic book, Um, and. uh, Although I do have to say that his uh, his other four senses, particularly like hearing and, and smell, it's kind of in- inconsistent. You think? Yeah, there are like things where I'm sitting there watching, and thinking, "Oh, well, he's gonna hear that." But then Definitely he with the hearing. Yeah, it, it his his the level of his other senses were really dependent on where it was gonna lead in the story. Yeah. So that also, was. It seemed like there was uh, some plot holes. Um, the only one I can think of at the moment is money makes this. Uh, he calls it a, a chlorobomb or something. Yeah. Which is supposed to be some kind of chloroform, releasing thing, and it just like has no effect whatsoever. Yeah, I don't get that. That was that wasn't explained. No, because they used. Did he, was he talking about using one before, or did he actually use one? I can't remember. He just mentioned it. He just okay. said, he was like, I can make a chlorobomb. Okay. All right. Because they show him break into a house at the beginning of the movie, but there's no one home in that one. Right. And uh, Alex's dad works for a uh, home security company. Mm-hmm. So that's how they get access to all these houses. They just get the keys. Right. Um. And the the movie, like the the first scene of the movie, is the blind man dragging Rocky down the street. Right. So you know right from the start she's gonna have a bad day. Yeah, something has gone seriously awry. And that's something I've noticed with Alvarez. He kind of telegraphs things. Sometimes it's like obvious like that. Mm-hmm. Then like there's other scenes in this where like he's panning across the hallway, and you'll it passes the door with the big bolt on it. Big, uh, uh, Padlock. Padlock. Thank you, and it like just kind of dips, so it like centers the padlock in the screen and then keeps going. 
It doesn't like stop and focus on it, but it's kind of like, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, and I can't decide if I like that or not. The the way he does that, or yeah. just foreshadowing. The, just general? the way he does it, because it's like I'd kind of rather it be more subtle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like then when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um. And he like he does a good th- good job of. I mean, doing things like that, but I don't know. I guess I'm just going to end up repeating what you said, but like, you know, presenting something that occurs, whether it be an event or, you know, something out of place, but then again, I thought I turned that off. Um, Then hearkening back to it later. Yeah. And like you said, but he doesn't focus on it. So it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's subtle, but it could be more subtle. Right. And that's why I, I think that's why I'm not sure if I like it or not. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but it's not. I mean, it's not like distracting or anything. So it's not. It's not a, a negative. Yeah. It's neutral at worst. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a a point when um when like you said, there's a padlock on the store and it leads down to the basement. So you got to figure that's where he's keeping all his money. Mm-hmm. Um, so money's breaking into it with a crowbar, and then when that doesn't come off, he just shoots it. Um, and I had a thought about that while I was in the theater. Oh, like that gun, like the he, uh, money has a, a Beretta, which is 15 shots. Um, pretty sure. 15 um and then the old man has just a magnum revolver yeah revolver of some kind i was trying to count the shots i did and they actually kept they kept the shots right did they i was surprised yeah like that that uh bretta got off 15 shots and then i actually don't think he emptied the six shooter yeah he did he did yeah i don't remember that by the way yeah, I was, I was really impressed that they actually kept track of that because it seems like most movies. Don't. That's one thing. Yeah, it's like you'll, somebody will have a six shooter and they'll fire it, you know, fourteen times. Right. Um. Anyway. But yeah, he, so money blows this lock off with the with the gun, and uh, one of, a piece of the lock goes goes sailing, and then you know, ten minutes later, this old man steps on it, and it's like you weren't concentrating on that piece flying. But then when he comes in and steps on it, it's just like, oh, shit, right. That happened. Yeah. So, I mean, otherwise, you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he did probably not. Gun. But... Uh, there, was a, there was a handful of, I guess you'd call them jump scares. But they weren't like something suddenly being in camera and yeah. like just, oh, my God. Um, it was... Like, like the like the camera would move and like, like you're expecting him to be knocked out in his room by the chlor, chlorobomb, whatever he called it. But the camera pans up and he's standing there. It was that kind of jump scare. It wasn't sudden. It was just like, uh, just like surprising. Yeah, exactly. Not startling. Yeah, and that's like if you're gonna do jump scares, 
that's, that's how you want to do, do it. it. Yeah, because not cheesy doesn't get overplayed. It's just yeah. Um, yeah, if, if, I mean, if you like those kind of jump scares where it's you know, oh, it's just his friend, ha ha. This is this is not going to be the movie for you. No. If if you also like only like hack and slash kind of movies, this is not going to be the movie for you. If, right. This did. If, this defines suspense. If, if you like scary nuns, this is not going to be the movie for you. Um, if you like good, tense movies that like kind of make your skin crawl and make you constantly wondering what's going to happen next, this is a fucking good movie. Yeah, this really makes your butthole pucker. <laughs> yep. That's one way to put it. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um but I mean, again, it's not like the best movie I've seen. Yeah. But not the worst. I mean, I, I think a lot of movies could obviously fall into that category. But. All but two, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but those are always those can always be changing. I could always see like the best, the new best movie I've ever seen, the That's new true. worst movie. That's true. Um, I definitely put this above Morgan. I think. Oh, for sure. I mean, I like I've only seen two Fide Alvarez movies, but I like both of them. Yeah, I mean, like this, I I, love, I obviously like Evil Dead much more more than this, but um, what's that face? Uh, somebody left a comment on one of our Instagram pictures, and it's in some kind of Asian. It's Chinese. <laughs> China's in Asia. Chinese. Usually, I think that's Korean. Maybe, I don't know. It's not English. It's not English. I don't know what it says. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's a good direction, good uh, filming. Those, like you said, like those panning shots. Pretty distinct of Alvarez's style. Yeah, it's kind of like his thing. I'm becoming a Fide Alvarez fan. Yeah, um, I'm also becoming a big Jane Levy fan. Yeah, I like her. She has this ability to portray fear that's like unparalleled. Yeah, yeah. I still remember Evil Dead when, uh, like, not long after she was possessed, and she's talking to what's her brother's name? Michael. Is it Michael? David. I think it might have been David. Maybe. But yeah, she's just say you have to get me out of here. Like that the look on her face that was like yeah, here. Um and I like that kid that played Alex. I've only seen him in one other thing. Uh he was in the the Goosebumps movie. Um I haven't so seen that yet. Dylan Dylan Minette. Um I like him. Apparently he was in Let Me In. I haven't seen it, but um, I didn't care for money as a character. No, but, but I mean that guy—the guy, the guy who played him played him well. Yeah, uh, he played Dan- him douchey, which was I think kind of the point. It was funny because I was looking at him and he's got cornrows and he's a fucking jackass. Um, <laughs> I'm like looking at him like, why does he look so familiar? And then I'm I'm thinking, oh well, he's that guy from It Follows, I think, uh, Greg. The one who gives it to her? No. Uh, like, the guy that lives across the street from her? Oh. 
It was him. Was it? Yeah. Huh. It was funny because I thought, like, it's like, oh, well, both of these movies take place in Detroit. And that was another thing. I was wondering uh, if that was a Raimi influence. It could be. But, I mean, It Follows wasn't no. Raimi inspired. But, but I, th- I mean, we all know that Raimi went to Michigan State. Right. Um, but I, th- I thought that maybe this uh, Zavato, Daniel Zavato, I thought maybe he was like a Detroit based actor or something. He's not. He's just, just coincidence. <laughs> um, but that was another thing that kind of played into this movie was the fact that it takes place in Detroit. Yeah, in like just the shittiest neighborhood. Right. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think it's a lot of Detroit nowadays. <laughs> like downtown. He's just like in a completely abandoned neighborhood except for this house that this guy lives in. Yeah, he's like the last man standing. Yeah. So even at one point, Rocky es- escapes and there's like nowhere she can go. She can't run to anybody else's house. Right. Because nobody else lives there. <laughs> it's completely abandoned street except for the blind man. Yep. Um, and like I said, Stephen Lang, he's a great actor. Um, everything I've seen him in, I like. He doesn't talk for like the first third of the movie. No, he really doesn't. He and I was like trying to figure out if he was like also deaf or something. Mm. Or like, at least, you know, hearing challenged. But then he actually does start talking later. Yeah. He actually monologues at one point. <laughs> Um, and then the end of this movie is just gross. It is really gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did in the so theater. If you, if you like gross shit in your movies, this, yes. but not gross, like in the way of like gore. No, just like gross. Yeah, like icky doo doo. <laughs> it's not doo doo. It's not doo doo. It's not poop. But it's the same kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, and kind of unexpected. It is. It's a weird twist. Yeah. Uh, did not see it coming because the mar- the movie does not market it this way at all. Or the, the advertising. Yeah. Um, it's a strange thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just uh, the reactions of people in the theater, too. Just so good. Yeah. Just so many, like, what the fucks, and people just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, I think I told you about this, but like watching this movie, it's like me and my wife. Um, but then I got a couple next to me, some douchebag who keeps fucking around with his phone and his dumb bitch girlfriend, uh, just basically running commentary on the entire movie. <laughs> like, um, that was an example. Oh, uh, like, eh, like at the end. She was basically running commentary on the twist. She's like, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, thank you. We got it. I know. <laughs> so it's just that, there's that kind of shit in the entire movie. Just people, just shut up. So, uh, they tell you at the beginning of the movie not to fucking talk. Right. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, I've, I've like a lot, a lot. I've seen people saying it's the best best horror movie of the year. Uh, I'm not gonna go that no. far. But then again, I fucking loved Blair Witch, and I'm the only person in the world apparently. <laughs> so, uh, but no, this, this it was damn good. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. You know me. I love I love tense movies. I love. Uh, 
I love movies that keep you guessing and movies that uh, where like you're you you get deeply involved you know and it's it's like you want to know what happens next and it's not just you know hack and slash not no, nothing against hack and slash I do fucking love some good slasher movies sure but I also just love that feeling of just like it pulling you in mm-hmm. and just being like I need to know what happens next yeah so what's your rating uh eight eight all right um I like I said I I really enjoyed it I liked the acting um it was shot well I'm, like you said I'm becoming a really big fan of Fidel Alvarez uh he really seems to know what he's doing how to build tension which is so rare nowadays like to actually really build that true tension um and uh like I said, I really like the fact that you don't know who to root for, like almost through the entire movie. Even at the end, even after the twist is revealed, and you know, um, like where everybody stands, like I don't think you're. St- I think you're still really not sure where you should stand on it. Like, uh, holy shit, he's making a Dante's Inferno movie. Really? Yeah. Ooh, that could be good. Um. And I, I I love that. I love the fact that I don't know who to side with because, like I said before, I think if you if you take a side too early, you just kind of become complacent and you get bored with the movie. Um. So uh, I don't think I'll rate it as highly as you did, but I did enjoy it a lot, and I think I'll give it a seven. Based on the video game. Based on the video game. Yeah. All right. Now I'm on board. Well, I was on board anyway, but. Now it's going to be more of an action movie rather than just a really fucked up drama. <laughs> and then he's also uh, got a movie coming out called Monster Apocalypse. Could be cool. Yeah. And I know Jane Levy's got uh, like a horror comedy coming out about zombies in the workplace. I remember, I think we talked about it on the show. I don't remember the name of it, though. Ooh, okay, yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. So I'll probably end up seeing that because she's she's adorable. She is just a cute as a button. I can't decide if I like her better as a brunette, redhead, or blonde. Because I've seen her as all three now. Yeah, um, I'm always partial to brunettes, though. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm I've always liked brunettes. I'm married to a blonde, so I don't know who currently has red hair. <laughs> I was the old. I always joke with her that she gave me like the bait and switch, because when we first started talking, it was on a, it was actually on a dating site, um, and uh, all the pictures she had, she had her hair dyed like kind of a light brown, and I think even black in some of them. And then I met her, and you know, her hair was was black, but then as time went on, it started growing out and becoming blonde. Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I just give her shit about that. Um, she doesn't have it on her IMDb. Apparently, she's in that Monster Trucks movie. Oh. Yeah. She's also gonna be on Twin Peaks. Hey. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's everything for us. Um, this is the last episode before October oh, fuck, right. starts. We'll be back in a goddamn week. Yeah. What are uh, we doing? We're crazy. This is madness. It'll never work. <laughs> Even though we've done it twice already. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back with 
first week of October on, which is week of the vampire. Right? Yes. Yes. Week of the vampire. <laughs> um, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, till then, you can catch us on our various sites. Taylor, you know those better than I do. Uh, Graveplotpodcast.com. There's links to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you're listening there. Uh, you can also find links to all of the social networks to follow us. You're so good at our sales pitches. <laughs> Also, check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast and feel free to uh, help contribute to the show or check out uh, store.graveplotpodcast.com. Get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I ordered myself a hoodie. I'm still waiting for it to... Don't mention our delays. I wasn't going to say it was delayed. I'm just waiting for it to show up. <laughs> Shipping is a real thing, people. It takes time. Okay, so we'll catch up with you in a week. Uh, and until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. You and me, we used to be together, every day together, always. I really feel that I'm losing my best friend. I can't believe this could be